The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. Sports, 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 sports. So they just sit there and talk about sports? Wait a minute. The Blitz is out on a Friday, Friday, and Moneyline's in the house? Let's get it on. We are live out at Five Under Club, uh, Golf Club out in Beaumont, Texas. The Blitz starts now. Diabolical! It's Friday, Is a Veritex Community Bank Roadshow live from Five Under Golf Center in Beaumont. This is the Blitz on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and AJ Hoffman. Hello, world. Welcome into the Blitz, a special edition of the Blitz. Let's call it because Moneyline is filling in, and we're going to try to keep you entertained for the next three hours as we are live. Out in Beaumont, Texas, 5945 College Street, Beaumont, Texas, five under golf centers where we're at. And that's the spot to be. Come hang out with us for the next three hours as we try to end your week, try to get you going into the weekend and try to get you some winners. Because, you know, if Jerry Bow's in the house, he's going to try to get you on some gambling. Before we get into that, though, let's get to my partner, my uh, the statistician, my partner in grind is what I like to call him at Josh Jordan 97.5, where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? Excited to be here, man. It's it's Friday. We're usually do this on a Sunday, but we're doing it on a Friday today. And man. We're in Beaumont. This is awesome. This is a cool place. I've never been out here before. If you're in the Beaumont area, you should definitely get over here. Back in studio, making sure we stay in line, keeping us going in the right direction. Aaron at Aaron is blitzed. Aaron Raybould. And right here to my left, my man Nick Sharara hanging out, making sure everything goes accordingly out here on site. But I'm excited as well, man, because driving up here, there was a little bit of rain. But then the last, like, 30 minutes, it cleared up. And, and that clearing up made me uh, made my, my throat clear for some beer because I'm, I'm in the mood for some drinking beer, maybe a little bit of golf off hitting here what, what about you yeah man I, I could definitely have a have a course light or something like that man i'm always down for a beer so I, i'm excited i had the same experience as you driving it part of the drive wasn't bad at all don't you hate when when you are in just even a little bit of rain when there's all those 18 wheelers you're just getting all that splash all over your windshield the whole time and you're just like if i could just pass this guy and then when you do Another 18-wheeler. And that drive from Houston here, it's it's like two lanes, right? And, yeah. and then you're going in that rain, and it's just it's just terrible. I made the drive the last, what, I made it two days ago. I came out to Lake Charles. I was at the Golden Nugget gambling for a few days, and I told myself, I'm just going to go straight from the Golden Nugget to here. I ended up driving home last night, so I made the drive twice <laughs> in the rain. That's what I'm saying. It's so terrible. I did it last night, in the, in the obviously in the dark, and then this morning, or today, probably at about noon. Don't you hate when you go somewhere, you leave to go somewhere, and you're on time, and then all of a sudden rain, and then like a wreck happens, and you're thinking, man, no one's going to believe that I left on time. They're going to think I was irresponsible. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. That's why I left I left super early. I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to leave some margin for error just in case. But, man, we're here. It's, it's a great day for it. We thought the weather wasn't going to 
you know, help us. But it's not bad. This is a good day to come out here and hit some golf balls. Again, we're out at 5945 College Street out in Beaumont, Texas, 5 Under Golf Center. Come hang out, drink some beer. I know Dick just ordered a few beers. Or actually, he's drinking liquor. That's when you know the man is serious. He said, bring me some liquor. I don't even need any beer. So we're going to get started. Here come the beers as we speak. So come on out. Come hang out. I know I have a few people from the Beaumont area going to come out and say hello. Let's, uh, let's have some fun because, again, it's a Friday Friday. They handed us the torch, and they say, here, you close this week off for the Blitz. And that's what we're going to do. That is what we're going to do. And it's appropriate. Looks like the Texans uh, had their starting quarterback. Remember how we were talking on Sunday, Jerry, that, that they're hiding <laughs> To Rod Taylor and Davis Mills, they've been hiding all these guys. You know, John McClain went on that rant last week. We played part of it on the show. And then we ranted about it, too. And I guess the Texans were finally listening. They made Terod Taylor available. And he said, i excited about the opportunity to be the starting quarterback. Man, doesn't sound like Deshaun Watson's coming through that door, does it? No, not at all. And we've already kind of, I guess, planned for that some. Uh, as fa- I say as 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 fans, as Houstonians, you plan to saying, you know what, maybe let's start looking in another direction. But as far as in-house, I'm not sure if they've planned correctly here because I don't think they have a sense of direction. There's something I'm going to get to here in one of the first few segments. I want Mike Florio comes out and, and, and he has, I'm not going to say aggressive, but what if this does happen? And i got a scenario for you that in which what if this is the only scenario that, that Watson ends up still playing the game for the Texans. We're going to get to that because – I want to know where your thoughts are. What are the odds? Uh, and it's not a Wednesday. I know that. But, again, I am the gambler that you know. And I want to throw odds on that because every week I ask you as we get closer to kickoff, what are the odds that, that Watson is going to have a Texans helmet on week one? You know, what's going to be really interesting, too, is when these mandatory mini camps come up, you know, that we could see Deshaun possibly getting fined if he doesn't show up. But do the Texans even really want him to show up? You know, so – as we go along here, we're going to see more dates. We're, we're going to get a little bit more information. But, you know, I was listening to Peter King and Florio as well, and they're kind of differing. You know, Peter King doesn't really think there's a chance Deshaun plays this year. You know, he thinks him and his camp should just be focused on let's, let's make sure we're on our new team ready to go with all this behind us in September of 2022, where Florio thinks, I don't know, we're 100 days here from the season starting. You know, maybe some kind of negotiation could get done. And if that happens, then maybe a punishment can get rendered. And then you know, okay, well, if it's six games or if it's the exempt list, at least you know what you're dealing with. We're going to get into that and as far as other things, according to Houston Sports, because, man, being in Louisiana, being in Lake Charles, it's like Astros country out here, you know. I, I, I have it. my Astros. I love it. I love it. I have my Astros hat on the whole time, and I'm I'm just used so used to. I was okay. For example, I was in Vegas in March, wearing the same Astros hat. They're looking at you. You're looking at them, and it's that silence. And it's they're they're looking Say you something. up. Come yeah, on. yeah. It's it's awkward, right? It's awkward. <laughs> yeah. You're you're trying to order a beer. You're like, man, can I buy you a beer? Do I know you? Over here, they're offering you a beer. You oh, know, they're like, great. hey, Astros, man, cool, man. Like, come on in. It's just so different, and I love it. But then, as far as the football aspect, I mean, maybe I'm overanalyzing things, but, you know, I'm looking at hats and whatnot. Jersey, Joel. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at everything, and I see a lot of Cowboys out here, though, and I start thinking. Can you blame them? <laughs> well, that's what I start thinking. I'm thinking, are those 
fans that maybe had a Texans hat in the last few years and then they decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going back to the star. I need something to wear. Or, or will the Saints take me in, you know? Yeah. Take me in. Whatever the case is, it's just funny to see what, uh, what Texas teams are getting sported out here. Dude, it's funny. You know, my wife is from Beaumont, went to Port Nature's High School, graduated from Lamar. So, I mean, you know, Beaumont. And she's a Cowboys fan. <laughs> you know, always has been. So it wasn't anything the Texans did recently. You just find that, man. There's not a whole lot of Texans fans, you know, outside of the Houston area. You go to San Antonio, you go to Austin, mostly Cowboys fans. That drive, man, always brings back memories. I've made that drive 150 times. You know, I'm old school. For the people that are of old school like Charles when Harris was still around. Oh, yeah. You know, I was. I used to go to those boats all the time at uh, when, when Ala Capri had two boats, if you can remember that. The old school people remember that. They used to have the boat to the left and to the right when you'd go. And uh, times have changed. So much bad weather out here, man. I always think about it. Every time there's some bad weather, I always think, this area, Beaumont, Lake Charles, they can't catch a break. No, it, man, it's Gulf Coast, man. It's just part of the deal. Every I was just seeing the warnings like, hey, it's hurricane season. I'm like, what? It's, it's not even really hot yet, but I guess it is. Also, that conversation we had on Moneyline about hotels, although they look clean, not being clean, you tarnished me. You and uh, Lamont <laughs> that called in. Uh, I started thinking, I went to lay down, and I said, Luckily, I brought my I brought my own pillow, you know, cases. I put it on, and I'm thinking, yeah, but that doesn't stop uh, the slobbering. If case you're wondering out there, blisters, we had a conversation on what is, why are we so comfortable with going to these hotels? We were talking about Vegas, for example. You go and you pay X amount of dollars for this hotel room. And in all reality, you don't know what went down in that hotel room. Right before you went in there, you don't know if the person before you was – breathing into that pillow slobbering uh didn't use it as josh even said props props in the in the sex game just saying you know maybe a little bit of props maybe you did a you were on vacation and felt a little funny and you tried something different all on that pillow that jerry just rented this room had to go to nugget and comes and lays on that's all i could think about i'm thinking man what am i why didn't i bring the whole pillow right like i didn't even think about that i brought the pillow case but not the entire pillow yeah (laughs) i want to double bag that bad boy next time (laughs) You you double bagging? (laughs) Sometimes you got to. Yeah, no, always, man. I always love making this trip out here. I always love going to uh, going through Beaumont, going to Lake Charles, and like I said, I've I've done it about 150 times at least in my life. Here we are again, but this time it's a special occasion. We're out at Five Under Golf Center. We're here to fill in on the Blitz on a Friday, Friday, and we're gonna bring you a little everything because your boy's been hot on the NBA gambling, Josh. I, I've been hot. I've basketball is something that's tough, though, man. I always tell people bet. If you're betting, say, $100 a game on football, bet 50 on basketball because basketball's got so much variance. But for whatever reason, the ball's falling our way, and I have a pick tonight because we have the Clippers and the Mavericks facing off in an elimination game for the Clippers. So I have a pick for you on that game and uh, a few other things because I'd like to get your view as far as also the Astros. We're going to get into the, the starting arms that we didn't know we had. I mean, or we were hoping... And all of a sudden, here we are. Now Now you could say you, uh, I always say trust is a strong word, but I'm starting to say maybe you could trust a few of these arms to give you extended innings and quality outings. We're going to get to that as well because I know you have a bet as far as the Astros winning the whole thing. I, I do. I have a bet on that, and I got great odds. It was, it was like 45 bucks to win a, a grand. So I was like, yeah, I'll take a shot. And, you know, you can always hedge as it gets closer if that happens, but – and I have them winning the division, too, which, hey, they're close, but they're not in first place yet. We'll see if they can get on track. But you're right with the starting pitching. I, 
th- there's a lot to to go through here. Oda Rizzi is, you know, he hasn't been horrible, but he hasn't been very good either. And if they can redo this whole thing, you think they would, right? Oh. Like, I mean, this is. I mean, he's he's the one guy that whenever I say trust that he's least trustworthy right now. He he's a blend between not very good and chronically hurt. Like that's a bad combination. That that's terrible. Yeah. I didn't know where you were going <laughs> yeah. with that. That's terrible. Whenever you were expecting, I'm not going to say that you were going to rely on him so much, but you at least were expecting a little something out of him where you can. He wasn't the person that you were supposed to be worried about right now. And yeah. right now it seems like you have to figure this out. And I'm not going to say quickly because right now I, I hear, you know, is it a bad thing having too many arms, you know, starters right now? And I'm thinking, no, not right now. Not right now. Let's, let's go ahead because injuries are bound to happen. It's yeah. a long season. So as, this, as you look at it right now, I want to get develop that word trust that I said. So these are the guys that I could trust to start games. These are the guys that I trusted to start games, but I can maybe use them on the back end. And that's what I hear they're going to do with your boy uh, Christian Javier. And we're seeing that, but I almost wonder, can they learn from that mistake? Because when they, you know, when they decided to, to send him to the alternate site when they didn't need a fifth starter, and we talked about that on the show, I was thinking the whole time, like, why is Javier your fifth starter? You know, like guys, ERAs around three. He's and you been like great. Him, uh, I do like, closer to the to, to the two or three spot, right? I do three so, four maybe. So it makes me wonder: Are we going to see them make the same mistake with another Astros pitcher who's pitching really well? So you know, we can get to that on the other side. The home stand is coming to an end now. All of a sudden, you have to go to the road. You know, you start up a road trip against some decent teams. We're going to get to that. And as far as other things, it, odds. A little bit of gambling, a little bit of beer drinking, a little bit of funnies. We have everything for you here live from 500 Golf Center in Beaumont, Texas. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. You're listening to a Veritex Community Bank Roadshow, live from Five Under Golf Center in Beaumont. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. You heard what he said. He tells no lies. Five Under Golf Center is exactly where The Blitz is at. No, it's not a hostage situation. This is Moneyline, and we're just trying to fill in, trying to get you to the end of the week, trying to get you Blitz, because that's exactly what happened on the commercial break. You have Aaron back in studio taking Malort. I'm watching him on Twitch in amazement, thinking, oh, man, he's probably drinking something good. It's a Friday. And he says, no, it's a, it's a happy hour Friday, and here we are. Much respect to you, Aaron. How, how do you feel? I mean, I feel fine. My, I, my taste buds hate me. But uh, <laughs> it was, I made a deal with the Twitchers earlier in the week when we knew that both Fred and AJ would be gone. You guys would be out of studio on Friday. So I said, you know what? If you guys actually show up on Twitch and don't do, like, three people... If you actually show up, bring numbers, and we hang out, we'll all do just during breaks because you guys can't communicate with Twitch, but I can. We'll do happy hour and just shoot the breeze and stuff like that for the whole show. So uh, I went and grabbed the Malort out of the studio, that little bit that was left, or a little bit, it was a shot and a half, and uh, threw it down. He's a man of his word. I like it, and if you don't, I mean, 
that bottle of Malort, it, it it doesn't let me sleep well at night, right? Because I've looked back and it's fermented. Like there's there's things growing in that thing. If you if you shake it, sometimes there's like. Have you ever seen a, a, a old egg yolk, like crack an egg yolk, and just let it sit there for a while, and it starts growing like little veins looking things, right? Like I looked at that Malort bottle, I shook it one time, and I said. There's bacteria in this thing. <laughs> but there's enough alcohol in it to kill it, I guess. And that's so what, the whole, that's what the whole God, I is. hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you now, when I was taking those shots, I felt great. No, I didn't. Not really. No, no, let's be real. Man, a few times I had to hold it in, especially during happy hour. I would hold it in with you guys, and then all of a sudden, well, your name just came up on the wheel. Here's this four loco to chug, Jerry, and I'm just trying to hold it in like, man. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, thanks. And I'm just praying, please don't let that wheel hit me ever again. Please. No doubt about it. But, hey, we don't have to worry about that out here. You guys could, you know, you should come join us if you're in the Beaumont area. And drink good beer. Yeah, drink good good beer. And they have good shots out here. Yeah. Come out and check it out. Again, everyone's hanging out. We're having a good time out here. The weather is. Five uh, under golf center, Hey, it's, It's held up for us nicely. The last, like I said, the first hour of my drive was bad. The last 30 minutes, fantastic. So here we are. Let's make the best of it. And that's going to transition us to this because my Florio seems to think that there is one case, there is one scenario in which that Deshaun Watson does end up starting for the Houston Texans. I'm not sure what you think of this, but this is what he has to say. Number one, if the cases settle, they can trade him. Number two, if the cases settle, they don't have to worry about the possibility of Deshaun Watson reporting for training camp, which he will if these cases aren't resolved, and then possibly being placed on paid leave where Cal McNair gets to pay Deshaun Watson $10 million plus to not play football this year. He's not going to play for the Texans one way or the other. I wouldn't think so, no. The question is, if he's not going to play, do you want to pay him $10 million? No, you don't. Now, as I say that... There is, there is, Chris, one scenario where he does play for the Texans this year. He shows up thinking he's going to get placed on paid leave, and he doesn't get placed on paid leave. That's the one scenario where he plays for the Texans. So wait, what are you saying there? He, he shows up. Go ahead. Say that one Cases more time. Cases aren't settled. Yeah. Cases aren't settled. Right. Okay? Right. Training camp yeah. opens. Right. Cases aren't settled. He's not going to hold out. Yeah. He thinks he's going to get placed on paid leave. So end result, same. I don't have to play for the Texans, but I get $10 million and I don't have to pay back a bunch of money I've already been paid in fines, etc. Because the moment I walk through the door, somebody from the league office is going to say, you're on paid leave. Yeah. He shows up, and they don't put him on paid leave. They, they, they let him stay. What's he do then? Right. Interesting. Right, that it made me pause for a little bit because we had that discussion on Moneyline as far as when does Watson guy come off that hill and say, you know what, this isn't the best for the team. Let's let's go ahead and make amends, and you go ahead and do whatever settling you have to have, and let us let the team get whatever they can for you, and let's move along. But as you see this, what if that scenario plays out? As in Brett Favre showing up to to training camp. What happens if Watson shows up thinking? There's no, way, there's no way they're going to tell me, hey, go home, and I'm going to get paid. What happens in that situation? Oh, man. <laughs> the whole Ed Werder on Brett Favre's front lawn kind of thing. Uh, that becomes Texans training camp. You know, I don't think it's going to come to that. An important date passed in regards to this the other day, which was June 1st. 
now that we're after June 1st, the salary cap hit, the, the amount of dead money the Texans would have to deal with is, is far less. So you, you can split up that money uh, of Watson's deal over, the, over two years and two different salary caps now that we're after June 1st. Remember, before all the lawsuit stuff happened and Deshaun was just wanting a trade, we kept hearing like, oh, well, maybe they'll trade him to the 49ers after June 1st. And then, you know, maybe Garoppolo comes back to the Texans along with some draft picks. And then it, it, this won't kill the Texans' cap if you waited until after June 1st. Well, here we are after June 1st. And, you know, th- this would be okay cap-wise for the Texans to get a trade done. But now, you know, no team wants to lock up a trade not knowing what's going to happen with Watson in these cases and, and his punishment. So it's kind of a tricky situation. But I will say this. I think Casario now is listening you know, if somebody's calling, he's putting some feelers out. Now we're at a point where we're trading him. Makes a lot of sense for the salary cap. Before, they weren't even listening. No. You know, they were thinking, no, he's off the table. Uh, they're sending you straight to voicemail. Yep. Now it's they're on the voicemail. You know, they're the ones saying that you have reached, but seeing if you can. Yeah. It's actually me. What do you want? Yeah. You know, now they're, what, what do you have for us? What yeah. do you have to show? Because at one point, they were talking about the asking price. Five first rounders, two you know, starters, and a kidney, and Cleo Mack. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. We, let's think back about just months ago whenever people were saying, well, you'd have to give up the whole entire team. You're going to have to give up first round picks, multiple. Now all of a sudden you're thinking, well, well what do you got? Let, yeah. Let's sit down. I'll even pay for lunch. <laughs> I'm thinking, man, two first round picks might get it done now. Would you take that right now? Of course, right? I. I might, just to get this thing behind me, you know? Now, whenever they say paid leave, I start thinking about paid leave as far as in work environments that we're accustomed to. So, and I started looking into what paid leave is exactly, and this explains a little bit because without there being any criminal charge, this is what the paid leave, uh, I guess, uh, specul- or, or, or specifics can be. The standard is this. When an investigation leads the commissioner to believe that a player may have violated this policy by committing any of the conduct identified above, and for these purposes, the most significant of that is sexual activity by force, sexual assault by force, because there are two of the 22 women claiming that, may have committed is the key. That's a broad, broad standard. And it basically allows, with all these words in the policy, it allows the league to do whatever it wants to yeah, do. And it's all driven like it. by PR. That's where we are right now. Again, no criminal. But then you ask yourself, say there's no criminal charges, but then there's is a settlement from right now it's about a tug of war, like or, or who's going to show their gun first, right? Say it's from Watson's side, it doesn't necessarily – make him a criminal because he wasn't criminally charged but then it does give you a sense of admitting or or you know so then what does goodell do at that point does he say you know what you weren't criminally charged no according to the way that everyone else in the last few years the last few suspensions you've seen he's going to have to take action himself you would think but we just saw this with antonio brown right like he had this civil case against him what with his former trainer or something like that and that, that was all playing out while he was playing in the Super Bowl. And that's Okay, so then that's what I kind of go to that situation and what makes it because someone brought that to my attention and I'm thinking, yeah, and it doesn't make it any better or worse. Probably worse, yes, uh, multiple. With the Antonio Brown situation, it was that one. Yeah. And I think there was another one that ended up saying nothing, they, they, that went, but there was, there's, there's, it'd be different if you said, man, well, there's four, there's eight. 
there's 12, there's 15, there's 20. You know, when do you stop yeah. at that point? It's, it's whether he is criminally charged or whether it is forgiven by Goodell and he doesn't have to serve any kind of suspension, which I, I don't think that's going to be the case. But whatever the case is, we know that there's a problem there. <laughs> there is. I mean, Antonio Brown's done some stuff. I mean, all this stuff with Mike Mayock, and, but he'd punt the ball off the field and call him a cracker or something like that. Remember, he was going to retire because they, uh, they wouldn't let him keep his own one helmet. Yeah. He said, I'll, I'll just retire. And remember, he got mad because they wouldn't let him get in the cryo tank without socks on. And, and then, then he, he, he like, burned his no, feet. No, let's talk about the, the, whenever he was moving out in the, in the mover. He's throwing a gummy bear penises yeah. at, at, at the movers. I mean, the guy was out of control. He was. In, but I almost wonder with Antonio if, you know, we talked about this. You know, maybe there's some kind of mental health thing going on with him. You know, he took some big concussions. You know, you know, as watching the Steelers all these years, he took some shots. I wonder if with Deshaun we're just going to get to the point where, you know, he says, oh, I need to go. I have some kind of sexual addiction, and, and I need to go to rehab for that and try and get better. And, you know, to where he just – you know, he apologizes his way out of it, and the cases get settled. But either way, I, I, you know, with what Florio's talking about, I don't. I think Deshaun has played his last snap as a Houston Texan. I don't think there's any way around that. And we bring that up because it's not groundbreaking news. Nothing, nothing's broke. Things have been a little bit quiet, so we we're thinking there might be kind of some kind of settlements going on. But then you, there's so many things to wonder, like. For example, why is it that Deshaun's side wants to keep everything as far as numbers quiet? Everything needs to be confidential. Usually in these kind of cases, it's the other side. But why? Is it because they don't want to see how much money is actually this ends up costing? We should talk about that on the, on the other side because you're right. Deshaun's side wants the settlements to be public, which it's usually the opposite of that because – the, the thinking being is if everybody thinks they can just come and get a million dollars from you, everybody's going to be like, oh, me too. Deshaun did that to me too. Let me get in on this. But it's not like that. They're not worried about that. So we should explain that on the other side. On the other side, we're going to get to that. And we are going to try something a little different. I know on road shows we usually don't take calls, but we're going to experiment. As long as it doesn't sound like straight trash, please speak up. Keep it clean as always. But we're going to try to take calls. 713-780-3776 because this is this Watson situation. We want to know your opinion. Do you want him to show up? Everything that we just broke down that Mike Florio said, do you want to get to that situation? Would you just take two first rounds? What do you want as a Houston Texans fan? We want to know next. Next on the Blitz, ESP 97.5. This is ESPN 97.5. Real fun sports. This is a Veritex Community Bank Roadshow, live from Five Under Golf Center in Beaumont. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. No Fred, no A.J., just Moneyline sitting in on a Friday, Friday, live from Five Under Golf Center out in Beaumont, Texas, trying to keep you entertained for the few next few hours, trying to keep those beers cold. You got a beer out there right now, throw it up. A little bit of cheers going on. Not the traditional happy hour, but 
in the spirit of things, my man Aaron back in studios taking the Malort, and that has to be uh, it has to it requires a standing ovation almost, Josh. I think so. I think maybe we dodged a bullet with this being a road show, so it's not. It's not us in there having to drink that stuff. Will the Malort be gone by the time AJ um, ends up leaving? Do you think that they'll kill that off in the, in the, in the happy hours from here to there? <laughs> I think they will. How much is left of that bottle anyway, Oh, Aaron? I just How- killed that bottle. Oh, it's, oh, that, it's that gone. Shot I took, that shot and a half I took was all that was left in the bottle, but we'll probably buy another Ooh. one before AJ leaves. Extra Ooh. fermented. Yeah. But now Extra. I'm drinking good stuff because uh, Brandon, our king of all things digital, uh, brought in some really good bourbon for or uh, whiskey for me, so he and nice. I just shared a glass of whiskey. All right. Well, in that case, before we get back to the Sean, something quick for everyone to celebrate since we're talking about good drinks. Louisiana legalizes sports betting. It's a celebration. <laughs> it's 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 a long time coming. Think about this. You will be able to place sports bets in Louisiana, and they're aiming before week one. Whoa. On Thursday, the Louisiana House voted 78 to 15. Senate Bill 247 has passed, which would bring legalized sports gambling to the bayou. Check it out. They already had passed from the Senate 31 to 6. So it's, it's, it's not just a little bit. It's drastic amounts of votes saying, yes, we need this. So now what has to happen? The bill now heads to the government, uh, John Bell Edwards' desk. And he... Uh, to the governor, I'm sorry, Governor John Bell Edwards. He's already been vocal about saying he he wants gambling, he wants sports gambling. So in other words, book it, so book it right refreshing. now. Refreshing. Why can't we get this going on in Texas, my man? And that's the thing that I was noticing while I was there, man. Because I used to go to to the casino all the time to play poker before poker was legalized in Houston. I went there, man, and, and, and it was one table going between two casinos one table going that's because all that money that used to travel from texas every time you would go to lake charles and you'd pull into the you know into into the parking lot what would you see nothing but houston uh, texas plates texas plates texas plates when you're there there, drinking with someone all of a sudden hey where you from they're always say oh spring galveston you know Mm -hmm. somewhere in texas that money it, for the poker aspect of it, it quit. It, it, it's just not going. Now your table game people are always going to be your slot machine players. But now that you have legalized sports gambling, I think that might see that traffic head that way. It very well might. I mean, but it's so convenient just to you know whip out your phone and place a bet. You know, like driving all the way there. I mean, obviously it's more fun. There to me, there's nothing better than being in Vegas. You know, on like a Saturday for college football or an NFL Sunday. You know, going down to the sports book, making your bets, and with the time difference, you get up and it's like ten in the morning, and, and you got action going on NFL football. You know, so that's what I love about Vegas. But I just worry with with all the money to lobbyists. I just don't think that's going to happen in Texas anytime soon with the gambling or the legalized marijuana. Texas is going to be on the back end of it for whatever reason. Knowing damn, oh, well, I know I'm the like, reason. <laughs> knowing. <laughs> Damn well they could be making so much money off both of those things. But let's see what happens with Louisiana and the sports gambling that's about to come. And like I said, they're trying to have it going for week one. Another bonus here. Some of these uh, states that are going legalized gambling, they don't allow you to bet on the college teams from within that state. Okay. Louisiana said, "Don't worry about this, Tiger fans. You can bet on us. So you won't you you won't be forbidden. You won't be oh that guy. I mean, I can't bet on LSU because I know how those those LSU fans are. They're they're passionate about betting on their own team. I mean, and that's kind of a silly rule, right? Like, I, I've never understood that. They just 
there's so many things that I try to read into, like why? What, what difference does it make? Some say the connection to them, it's, it's closer. It makes it closer for corruption, yeah. if that makes sense. Uh, just a few other things that it just – and overall, let, let, the, let them bet on whatever they want to bet on. And you, Louisiana, are next on the list, and hopefully this will happen within – some are saying even eight weeks. Wow. Man, that's fast. The world's changing, man. I love it. In my lifetime, I did not think we'd see legalized gambling and, you know, legalized pot, you know, but we're seeing it in state after state. It's, you know, really cool time to be alive. A lot of changes. And they go one and one. Most more sports gamblers uh, smoke pot. <laughs> I've noticed that. Yeah. So they're trying. What, what What is Vegas? And then, okay, so when you go to Vegas, it's so crazy, though, because whenever they go about the pot aspect, it's like look frowned upon inside those casinos in any area. They don't even want you having it on premise. The win casino will confiscate it. Okay, they'll just straight up confiscate it. So why? Because the, the, a lot of those casinos, or casinos run off the liquor. Yeah. So they figure if we allow these guys to, to bring marijuana into and, uh, and make it that much popular, what happens to, to the guys drinking? They're going to drink less. They're going to drink less. They're going to make less bad decisions with big amounts of money while they're sitting at blackjack tables. That doesn't help them. They don't need you getting all introspective <laughs> on your weed buzz instead Wait of... Wait a minute, man. Yeah. You're telling me 21... No, you're, yeah. like, you're like, hey, man, man. Give, the, give, give this guy a beer. Give him a shot. Give him some alert. We need more money. Yes. That, then you, that's what the guy you see. And I saw some guy outside the casino, and I, I went, got him from the Golden Nugget, so you could just drive over La Birch, you know, just literally pretty much in the same parking lot. As I'm leaving Golden Nugget, I hear this guy. He's in the parking garage. He's leaning there, and he's just going off. He was like... Send me the money. Like, you could tell he's just been yelling. At, he's like, come on. Like, I'm out here. And, and it was raining. He's like, come in the rain. I'm thinking, you're a jackass. You don't need to be in the rain. Like, what are you doing? You know? And then I go to LaBerge. I end up gambling there. I come back, and he's still out there. And this time, now he's standing, and he's pacing back and forth. And now he's, he's saying things like, shut your big Fat, ugly mouth. Like he's using the different words, but he's he's talking about their mouth, their body parts. And I'm thinking, who is like who who's on the other side of the phone? Is it the wife? She's got to be at home thinking it's one o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to sleep on a Wednesday. Like th- this guy said, he was going to go to the to the casino with a couple of buddies. And you want me to venue Venmo you more money? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is that what's going on? Yeah, here? He said they locked my card. He's like, you don't understand. Like, everything he said was just at the top of his lungs. And I'm just thinking, somebody needs to tranquilize this, man. That guy needed the weed. Yeah, he needed something. (laughs) Because at this point, he's sitting outside the casino begging whoever to send him more money because he's locked out of his car. Once I got back in, I'm thinking, man, I've... I've done this casino stuff way too long. I'm thinking, if you're locked out of your cards, if she sends you money to that card, then how are you still going to get it out? Like, at that point, you're going to get a cash advance. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've been everywhere. And <laughs> you don't want to be the guy when you're in the casino. And I saw him this. You look over, and it says, casino credit. You're like, oh, what's that room? Mm-hmm. And you're like, casino credit. And you're like, hmm, let me see. And then you look in there. And then there's one guy confident. Okay, yeah, he just he just always does it like this. But then you have those two that are just sweating. They're down, you know, and they're just shaking their heads. And the wife is sitting outside the room like, is he really about to take casino credit out? He's in there pacing around. He looks at me like, what? What are you doing? Move mm-hmm. along. Don't cause me bad luck. Thinking bad luck is the reason you're in here. Yes. Casino credit, you never want to catch yourself there or taking the no, cash advance. That's like uh, running your credit card at a strip club. Bad idea. You when, never. When you're, when, you're tip, when you're tipping at the strip club on your credit card that night because you already ran out of all your cash, that's a bad place to be. So uh, I got one on that. 
that line because my grandparents took me uh, on vacation when I was about nine, ten years old. And at that time, they had a buddy who was the head chef at, I think it was the MGM or maybe it was the Mirage. And the restaurant used to look over the casino. So I'm a nine, ten year old kid and I sit right next to this giant glass wall so I can look over and I'm watching people gamble and I'm fascinated with it. And this is probably my grandfather's favorite story of me. I look over and there's a guy sitting there at a blackjack table, just him and the dealer. It's probably six o'clock, seven o'clock at night. He shows up, handles a bunch of cash over, and gets a whole bunch of black chips. And so I looked at my grandfather and said, hey, they just gave him a bunch of black chips. He goes, yeah, that, that's cool. They go back to eating. I eat a little bit. I look down. I go, all his black chips are gone. He's got a bunch of red chips. And I said, yeah, <laughs> that's going to happen. And then right as we were getting ready to eat dessert, I look over and I said, hey, they're making him sign a piece of paper, and now they're giving him more chips. What does that mean? And my grandfather says, you never sign a piece of paper in a casino, ever. <laughs> he goes, he's now going to have to explain to his wife why he lost their kid's college fund. Don't ever sign a piece of paper they put in front of you in a casino unless you talk to your lawyer. I said, all right, lesson learned. Truer words have never been spoken. No, I'm so true. I need that tattoo. You know, don't leave a tab open in the strip club. Tattoo oh, it on me. Oh, don't please. do that. We don't can't do that. That's the worst mistake you can make. As far as the casino thing, that as well. It's hard though because you you say, man, I'm going to spend next amount of money, right? Mm-hmm. And then once you get going, you're already you're already down before you even get to gambling. By the time you a few drinks, and, and yes, drinks are free. But say say you don't even go straight to to whatever table and you buy your first drink, right? And then and then you spend your gas to get there. Maybe food on the way. You're you're already, you know this is a trip. You're already down a few units. Mm-hmm. Let's call it. Now you're all of a sudden trying to catch up. And that that five hundred you took out, maybe maybe a thousand you took out. And you said, man, this is gonna last me. I'm here just two days. A thousand? That's nothing. Yeah, no big deal. Then all of a sudden you just went cold, and the blackjack dealer keeps hitting twenty and twenty one. Oh, Widowmaker. Ni- your nineteen is no good. Yep. Your nineteen is no good. You're even turning into 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 what Vegas vacation and playing war. <laughs> Remember? Paper rock scissors. <laughs> and he's like, guess a number. Yeah. And he's like seven, eight, eight. You lose. It's close. Damn it! <laughs> you know, you do everything you can, and that's what we need to take as as a family, as a blister family here. We need to take a moment of silence for that guy that was yelling at his wife. Bless her heart. Because she's at home just trying to be whatever she, well, who knows? You know, who knows where she was at? But all I know is that he was going off. And I know that they should not let that man back in there because if he had the casino uh, credit option, I guarantee you he would have signed that paper. Yeah. They'd own his house right now. They closed that down. But how many guys have that story that that they let them because they had good credit, they have a decent job, and all of a sudden they go in there, make that mistake because they've been drinking. Yes. You know what I mean? How many times has that happened? Well, they're chasing it. They see it all the time. What you will see all the time with us is a little bit of winning because when we get up next, I got the winner of that Clippers-Mavericks game, and I got a few other bets that you should make according to NFL win totals this season. You're listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5.
You're listening to a Veritex Community Bank Roadshow, live from Five Under Golf Center in Beaumont. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. No Fred, no Fred, no A.J., just Team Moneyline here at Five Under Golf Center out in Beaumont, Texas. Let me bring you some money here on tonight's NBA playoff game. We've got the Clippers and Mavericks. What do we know from this series? That the road team keeps on winning. Home teams can't win. So what? how do we find ourselves in this exact game where the Dallas Mavericks can close out the series? Because they just won a seven-and-a-half point underdog. Straight out, outright win on the road. Now we find ourselves Clippers minus two. That's where I start my bet because as soon as the line was open at minus two, it was slammed to minus three. Some places three and a half. Not just any money, but respected money. Whenever you have money that moves a total or, or a, a spread in basketball that quick, that means there's respected money. That's clue one for me to start leaning that way. Clue number two, short favorites. That means teams that are, are minus five or under. So short favorites. 69% this postseason, 18 and eight. So anytime the teams are favored by five points or less in the NBA this postseason, they've won 69% of the time. Road teams, 6-0 and straight up in this series. Road favorites, I told you the Clippers are giving up points, are 8-1 and this, uh, this postseason. So 89%. You have every single number working towards you here in a game that is a must situation, a game that the team that has to win was a minus 300 and something favorite. Now all of a sudden they find themselves looking out. No, nah, I don't think so. I think this game, uh, this this series goes game seven. Give me the Clippers, and now I see it at three and a half, three. If you want to buy to three and get it one possession, I like it. If you want to just be safe and you say, give me that minus 140 money line, that's what I'm playing because I don't want to get beat out by a last-second shot where they don't end up covering the spread. But give me the Clippers tonight because I do think that they extend the series. Nice. Uh, speaking of the NBA playoffs, uh, how excited do you think Skip Bayless was last night when LeBron got eliminated? It's time, it's time for him to, to both of them though, because you got Shannon over here bucking chest, and 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 you know at one point or another it's going to run out, and that's what happened here. Now, I, I look back at. What convinced people? Everyone was saying that the Lakers, that this was the game that gamblers out there. I know Blitzers. Hell, you're the degenerates. Okay, like we all are. Whenever, don't always think, man, that team has to win, so so they, they're going to win. You think that Vegas doesn't know that they're in a must-win situation? You think that Vegas doesn't know that the Lakers are a popular team? You think that Vegas doesn't know that everyone thinks that LeBron's going to come and have one of his spectacular performance? This was just a different team. When have you seen LeBron sit out so many games, especially towards the end of the season? Yeah. Once you saw that he wouldn't come back, at least, say, 15 games, 10, 12, 14 games, anywhere in there. More than 10 games. Give me double-digit games that he came back to get himself ready. Not just himself, his injuries, but as a team, to get the nucleus of the team going, to saying, who do we trust in what positions? Once you saw the team coming back late, you, you knew that this is a different Lakers team, and that's what you got. It is. And what I thought was pretty interesting, I think it was earlier this week, did you see Max Kellerman's, and this kind of relates, his take on Chris Paul? And he was talking about how when, when Harden and Chris Paul and the Rockets were you know, having their chance to, to beat the Warriors and we all remember the hamstring away, he went off on how that was a James Harden, Mike D'Antoni team and the success of that team had nothing to do with Chris Paul. And you're like, what? They didn't win another game in, in that Warriors series after Chris Paul got hurt. It had nothing to do with Chris Paul. And then we look at what Capella's doing now. 
and what Chris Paul's doing now, what James Harden's doing Westbrook. now. Yeah, Westbrook. Like, and then part of me is just like, what, what could have been if James and Chris Paul could have found a way to, to keep that team together? Let me ask you this, and the phone lines are open. Again, we're going to give it a shot, 713-780-3776. I want to know, does it – because it's weird because the guys that – immediately were, were moved to another team after having, I guess, beef or, or things not working out, let's call it, with James Harden. They go out and have big years. Look what Paul did very, the, the next year after leaving, right? Is it, is it a matter of these guys think to themselves, man, that was in basketball. Like, I've, I didn't have any fun last year. Like, mm-hmm. no, that, year, that year or X amount of years, whatever time, I didn't have any, any fun playing ball with Harden. I should have never went to the Rockets. Now they come into that offseason working extra hard. You know, I'm not going to get into that position. I hated basketball for a while. That was terrible. You know, you even heard of Russell Westbrook, the way the – they say that when he was in the OKC, you know, he parked his car in the same parking spot every day. He walked in through the same door. Like if the left – there was two doors. I even heard it. I thought it was ridiculous, but it makes sense. If, 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 if the right one was locked and that's the way he walked in, they'd have to come unlock it. He wasn't walking <laughs> into the – it was just routine. It's a routine thing. And whenever you got here and, and all of a sudden it was uh, on road trips, things were a little bit odd. You know, things, you know, weren't running as, as, as an NBA team usually is. They were – he had a little bit too much, I guess, pulling things. You saw how it ended. You saw he had the, like the angry baby. So then, these players leave. I believe this Rockets team, or or the Rockets team that that when when Harden was here, and I think they leave with 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 a little bit on their chest, something on their shoulder, being like, you know, let me get back to basketball. Russ being like, you know, let me get back to me. And not to say that he was some world beater, but I mean, he he did. He went back to Russ. The 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 the, the, the Wizards went to the playoffs. I mean, what? He bettered himself. He was a better player this year than what he was when the in the Rockets. Yeah, he's still same old Russ. He he's got a broke shot, but at the end of the day, I think that it brings the fire. It lights the fire in these guys in the Chris Pauls of the world. It lights a fire in them, saying, "Man, that that wasn't basketball. I don't know what the hell that was." I almost compare it to guys that leave the Patriots, right? And they're like, "Ah, it's fun again," you know? Gronk. Yeah, Gronk, Tom Brady. You know, it's. I, I almost wonder if, you know, Harden had all the pool here. So no matter what, they were going to side with James. So, you know, we, we've heard countless stories about James being like, uh, no, we're going to go to L.A. early for this road trip because I want to party. Yeah. You know, in Hollywood. Yeah. So imagine if you're Chris Paul, a, a, a man, a family man that doesn't really party. You know, yeah. he, he's in the hotel talking to his kids on FaceTime. You know, soaking his feet. <laughs> Meanwhile, you got Harden turning up at the club with little baby and the Kardashians. Yeah, you know, just handing out just bricks of cash, and it just, it just. I think, man, from from Russell, he doesn't strike me. He he's more of a family man to me. Yeah. He's, he doesn't strike me as the guy at the club. He just doesn't. And I think when guys get here, they they end up looking around at the situation and thinking, man, what did I get myself involved in? Like this isn't let me out of here. And as soon as they see daylight, they start playing basketball. Let me do the extra things. But it's funny, right? Like, look at the media now. With now that James is in New York and they're having success, it, like, you think James is really any different now that he's there? It's like, no, he's just playing with the super team. I mean, th- that's it. He's he's not really doing anything different. You think James is not going out to clubs anymore? He's doing his what thing. are we talking about? Now let's think. Let's say eight years, ten years from now, say the Nets go on to win two, or, let's say two, three titles. Like, I don't even think that people are going to really remember what he did to the – like, how it all went down. You know, that here in Houston, yes, obviously, yes. that's going to be in your hearts forever. I'm talking about national media because those are the guys now that are painting him as as a utmost, you know, civilian Great guy. teammate. <laughs> Lover, you know, <laughs> locker room guy. Yeah. You're thinking, hold on, 
wait just a second. But at the same time, was it, does he act a little bit different in the locker room here? Does he still walk with the same strut into there or saying, man, all right, I, maybe we got a little hit. They, they let me. They allowed. You let a bad kid get away with something, he's going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened here. So I asked myself, man, you see these guys leaving here, and all of a sudden they go have immediate success. And these are uh, veterans. It's not like these are young guys. You're thinking – Veterans, some might say, man, it might be coming to an end for Chris Paul the way it looked over there in Houston, and, and he got hurt once again in the in a playoff series. And Russ, ooh, he's still the same bad shooter. For, he has no mid-range shot. But then all of a sudden they go to these teams, and then they start balling again and balling hard at that. I think there's something to it. There's, Of course. Look, we've all had a job where either the job or there was somebody at your job that made you miserable. Every time you went to work, you know, you're like, oh, man, I got to talk to that D-bag, you know, and pretend like I care. You know what I mean? Like, that stuff wears on you. And then finally, when you don't have to do it anymore, it's, it's a relief. And, and you become a better person. You become better at your job because you don't hate your life anymore. I think that's exactly what's going on. They end up growing saying, man, I don't hate basketball so much. That, that was stressful watching him dribble up. 15, 18 seconds. That was yeah. that was stressful in certain situations. What can I even say? What were, that's James' team. That's Harden's team. I moved. I was. I moved into his situation. You think Paul was going to come in here and convince people that that was his team? Russell Westbrook. He was never going to take the team away from Harden. That was always going to be Harden's team. It was someone to help Harden. And I think they got to a point where, man, I can't help you. You don't want to be helped. You, you you obviously got this on your own. But then all of a sudden that they're gone. Then he goes and looks for help. In Brooklyn. Yes. Isn't that funny how it worked? Well, it worked out pretty good for James so far. Yeah, and we're going to see how that happens. We might talk a little bit about those odds, a little bit about the odds with the Lakers because the king has fallen. The king has fallen, and now he's talking Space Jam. We're going to talk a little bit about that here on the Blitz, ESPN 97.5. No masterpiece. Ten bad bad then they after me. One bad bad look like a masterpiece. This is Heisman Trophy winner Troy Smith. And you're listening to ESPN 97.5. Go Bucks. 